Gobble, gobble, everybody. I hope that you have food in front of you when you listen to this, because I wish that I had food in front of me when we were recording it. I know. I wish I had- Because it made me very hungry. A full turkey dinner. Full turkey dinner. Trimmings. Yeah. Stuffings. Fixings. Yeah. um, MacGuffins. Yeah, yeah. um, Doc McStuffins. (laughs) uh, Chekhov's gun. I wish we were eating Chekhov's gun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had some sort of a ticking clock also that I could munch on. A cat I could not kick. Uh, uh, yeah, don't kick the cat. Kick the cat. The famous screenwriting book, Kick the Cat. Yeah, kick Another, the cat. But that's because in this special virtual field trip to a virtual location, we are talking with Catherine Spires of the How to Eat LA website and the Smart Mouth Food Podcast, but mostly How to Eat LA we're talking with her about food. Can you believe it? In Los Angeles. Can't you ever believe it's it? It's Daniel's dream. I was watching you. <laughs> I, you didn't see it, but she was talking about places to eat in LA and you were like wiping drool off your mouth. You're just like, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and what if, what if these Korean barbecues? <laughs> and are they open now? <laughs> um, so we were talking with Catherine Spires about, because she does, her website, as you'll learn, is about restaurants and just food history in LA. So we figured it would be a good time in uh, this most hungry of months to talk to her about different places, her opinions on food in Los Angeles. I try to weasel out what she thinks is the worst restaurant in Los Angeles. She was very diplomatic about it. You were trying to weasel out if she uh, gets free food everywhere she goes. <laughs> I, I, I could feel it. What a pointed question almost stabbed me in the ear listening to. <laughs> I was trying to weasel out what her social security number is, but she She's a professional and she would only yeah. give me her VIN number. You, <laughs> last four of her VIN number. Yeah. Uh, I love that you're constantly testing professionals to see how how much integrity they have. Okay. Bend the rules for me. Come on. Tell me how you bend the rules. <laughs> All right. You've passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> and her, her blog also has a lot of Columbo. So I need Columbo. I like Columbo fans out there who also are curious about everywhere he's investigating. And in the background, there's a you know, burger place. If you're like any one of us. Go read her blog because it covers some of that. Yeah, you you talk to me about, oh, Daniel wants to know about how much free food she gets. You're the one who wants how much Columbo <laughs> can she get? Like anything, anytime Columbo comes up, that's what that's what you pounce. Oh, and one like more thing. Me on free food. <laughs> <laughs> me on a bag of trash of food. <laughs> it was a great interview, and I'm really happy that we got to sit and talk to her. She has a great podcast and her the blog. Anybody who is like Daniel and loves food in LA is gonna love because you were this is like perfect for you. For da- the Daniels out there. It really is. It's it's recommendations of food in Los Angeles. It's history of food in Los Angeles. And it's also just food in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's my three favorite things. It's, your, it's something you, you swear is like a, a tri-Venn diagram, but it's really just <laughs> yeah. one circle. And you swear it's No, it's three, three different things and <laughs> you, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, you're not, you don't eat. I was going to, I wanted to say at some point, because you both of you were talking about food and taste <laughs> and, and I wanted to just chime in and say, like, I eat like a dog. Like, is it food on a plate? Oh, it's good because it's food on a plate. <laughs> Has it been microwaved for five minutes <laughs> so that feels like a fresh kill? Then I'll eat it. <laughs> Ooh, this macaroni and cheese's heart is still beating. So you know it's good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if you are in the food mindset for this holiday, which I know you are right now as this comes out, I think you'll enjoy listening to this as you're trimming the tree, which is... The asparagus. Oh, right. I mean, the asparagus. Sure. I got confused of what holiday it was. <laughs> yeah, you you did. Um, As you're stuffing your pies. That's it. Oh, I got it wrong again. That's As you're carving up the potatoes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we do on this holiday. Does turkey come in a can? And why is it hard? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these things. As you're plopping your canned turkey onto the platter for your family to eat like ravenous dogs. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy listening to this. Yes. So here is our uh, little interview with Catherine Spires of How to Eat LA. And here it is. Gobble, gobble, everybody. Have a good Thanksgiving. Have a good Thanksgiving. I hope that you're the turkey that gets pardoned this year. Yeah. I, I hope that you also are not called a turkey in front of all your relatives. That would hurt. There's yeah, no, com- there's no coming back from that. Yeah. That would be a sick burn. And then your skin would be really crispy. And then your family would want to eat you. So here's the interview. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I've seen Colombo. Okay, he'll figure it out. (laughs) 
<laughs> be like, oh, the bells in the background. Oh, the mileage. Columbo can't help you now. <laughs> no, he can. He was always so eager to learn about new technologies like he VCRs. Was. Yeah, I've been going on a, like a Columbo, not even rewatch because I've never watched it before. Just to watch. Yeah, just to watch. <laughs> yeah, just to watch. I've done yeah. the same thing. I started this year uh, watching all the Columbos and they're uh, fantastic. Yeah, I love them. I love them so much. I love how it's like such a socialist show. It's like, well, the rich person did it. That you can be sure of. Someone in Hollywood did it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say a Hollywood actor did it or a producer. It's always producers. It's always Don't producer. trust producers. <laughs> I was going through your blog and you seem to do a similar thing that I'm always interested in. We're like, he'll park in the valley to go somewhere. I'm like, what's that? What's that eatery? What's that burger stand? What's that? I have store? to. I have yeah, to. I must so be cool. just a delight to watch television because I'm like, pause. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is that Van Nuys Boulevard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to go down a, a 30 minute rabbit hole of trying to figure out what was at this intersection in 1974. <laughs> yeah, I do it. So now I just like take notes and look at it afterwards and have actually turned it into like a recurring feature on how to cool. eat LA because it's just like such an easy in because they used real locations, but then sometimes they'd use real locations, but as something else. Mm -hmm. I think that's neat too. Yeah. That's also mm -hmm. very neat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. They had a restaurant that was, they, they had a name drop the restaurant. So I had to call it something out. I forgot which one it was. It might've been with Donald Pleasance maybe. Well, they name dropped Chasen's a lot. Right. Chasen's. Yeah. Chasen's was clearly the place to be because like a few times a season, it's like, Ooh, Chasen's. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> the official restaurant of Colombo. Yeah. <laughs> Columbo's just a Chasen's commercial. You don't yeah, realize yeah, it. exactly. Like half hour. exactly. Like, well, he's chasing the criminal, isn't he? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> How do I turn this off? I don't. Which one I have off? the power. You can. <laughs> I am the host now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess let's. I, I've got a whole jumble of notes of things to ask you, and I now just wrote down something about the valley to remember okay. to ask you. So. Okay. <laughs> he just wrote down valley, and yeah, he's going to hope he knows what no, that means in twenty minutes. I wrote down valley person question mark. <laughs> <laughs> the pronouns on Valley Girl have changed. It's now Valley Person. You're a Valley Person. Fair, fair, fair. Because the Valley accent knows no gender. <laughs> I think we want to be clear on that. Boys can be a Valley Girl too. Absolutely. Finally. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're in the club. Let's. I'm going to start right at the beginning. Catherine, who are you and how long have you lived in LA? A classic question we ask people. My name is Catherine Spires. I am a journalist, although what that means changes day to day. Uh, and I have lived in L.A. It will be 20 years in April. Wow. Where are you from? Well, uh, I Orange I County. Was... <laughs> <laughs> just, just outside of L.A. Yeah. No. So I'm like West Coast for life. I was born in San Francisco. Oh, cool. I mostly grew up in Seattle. I went to college in Santa Barbara. And then I moved here right after college. You've seen all kinds of the Pacific I have, although, you know, I hadn't been to Vancouver or Portland until like three years ago. I know. I was going to say you're suspiciously avoiding Washington or not wa Washington. No, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon that's the one. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Since then, I have been to Portland twice and I love it. Maybe not to live there, but to visit. Ooh, fun yeah. place to visit. So yeah, highly recommended. Easier to visit than Los Angeles. I think that's such a truism about LA. I love living here. Visiting here must be a nightmare. I can't yeah. imagine. But also, I, I we're, what, two minutes in and we're already promoting a different state? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go to Portland. Yeah. Okay, so now the question I jotted down before we officially recorded, officially recorded. Officially. Valley person, question mark? <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes. I've never lived there, but I don't think okay. that should stop me. Uh, I really like, maybe maybe I'm kind of like a, I love an underdog type thing. I know right. a lot of rich people live in the Valley, so that kind of takes away from its underdogness, but people really clown on it as if it has no culture. But we were talking about Valley Girls earlier. I think it yeah. kind of, the Valley set the culture for the 80s. Mm -hmm. So it has that. <laughs> well, our ep we just did an episode on malls this month and we talked about the Sherman Oaks Galleria. And it's so weird that at Sepulveda and Ventura, like a cultural movement started. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Whether or not that was a good movement. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it sounds like it makes the Valley sound again, like it's all at least middle class people. But the dive bars in the Valley, mwah, none better. None better. I it's the best place for a dive bar. Yeah. Even Greg, who goes out of his way to trash the valley to me, born and raised in the valley, he is obsessed with valley dive bars. I am. I, my favorite bar in all of LA County is in the valley. Uh, I can't say what it is or else ever, it'll ruin it. 
for everybody. I'll, I'll, right. I'll message Bar- you later. Barney's Beanery. <laughs> uh, Did you guys read, maybe you guys already talked about this on the show, about how Barney's Beanery is like the cool place again for the young people? I no. saw some, I saw like an article about that, but then I kept thinking like, you know how bigoted they were in like the 70s, right, everybody? They do not. These children do not know that. I'm convinced of it. I was also like, I know you don't care about my 41-year-old opinion, but (laughs) dork-ass dorks, Barney's Beanery, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, everyone cool hangs out at Dave and Buster's, right? exactly. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. I went to a Dave and Buster's. No, uh, that's a lie. I went to a Barney's Beanery not too long ago. And I could not keep a conversation going because I kept looking at these cutouts of magazines from the early 2000s. And I thought, this is the worst place for me to be because I'm just like, Gwyneth Paltrow, when is that picture? Is that 2001 or 2009? I don't know. And like, I just could not (laughs) hold information when I'm around that much nostalgia. It's sensory overload. Yeah, it's sensory (laughs) overload. It's ridiculous. They have like license plates everywhere, right? Are they, they're one of those sorts of places? I think so. I can't remember. I, yeah, me neither. I guess I rooted out who's not cool. I've only been there once because I'm not a dork ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't memorize every license plate number in Barney's Beanery. <laughs> You're running them like a cop. Um, <laughs> this isn't a Barney's Beanery podcast, I swear. But which one did you go to? Because it matters. <laughs> West Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, that's a good that's one. That's the original one, right? That's the history yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the history. <laughs> the racist one? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> oh, you remember. <laughs> well, the, the Barney's Beanery Burbank, no bad history there at all. Surely not. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into food, LA food, uh, it, food in general, and then LA food? Okay. So growing up, I sort of knew really early on for some reason that I wanted to be like a journalist, but specifically like the cultural type of journalist. I didn't want to go to war zones or anything like that. (laughs) My grandma started getting me a subscription to Traveler magazine when I was eight years old and she would just renew it every year. So that's what I wanted to do, like travel, food. And then I graduated from college in 2004, right as the industry was like, what? And (laughs) all I wanted in life was to be a features editor at a glossy magazine. That is a job that exists for like three people on the planet now, (laughs) like as full-time employment. So um, I started writing for what at the time was a new website called Gridskipper, which was part of the Gawker family. There was a while when Gawker was like, we're going to do it all. And they started Gridskipper and I applied to write for them like L.A. dispatches. And I did that for a few years and moved up to like L.A. editor, which was a position they just sort of I was like, can I be this? And they were like, yep. So <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a government elected position. Isn't it? Yeah. LA editor. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, like writing about food, uh, you still have to. Well. You might have to pay for your food, depending. Uh, That's another discussion. But it's a lot easier to be a food writer than a travel writer if you're like buying your own stuff. So food it is. I mean, (laughs) if I could go back to like the early 90s when I was actually a child, but like, you know, had I been an adult, I totally would have been living in New York, like getting paid $6,000 to write a thousand word piece twice a month. Like, ugh, it makes yeah. me so upset when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> they just pulled my, my birth back just a little bit. I could have made touch. that work. Yeah, just yeah. a touch. Yeah, exactly. What, so, because you, I've, I'm, I'm torn between two questions I want to ask you. Let me ask the one that directly affects my life when you do food writing articles and you go to a restaurant what do you like do you do you eat everything like what do you eat at one of these places so it sort of depends and it has depended everywhere I've worked and what my like goal was so for instance with how to eat LA which is my own website I set the rule that I have like I do these like roundups once a week and for the so for in those roundup I don't want to say roundup because that's such a I don't know, yucky term, but like I'll do like mini reviews in one article for those things. I feel like I have to try two or three things on the menu. And and those are easier because I can be like, there's this restaurant. Here's one thing that's really good. I'm not talking about the rest of the restaurant. (laughs) But if you want this, this is the place to get it. Whereas for full length reviews, I feel that I got to do it old school and go to the restaurant at least three times and order a bunch of stuff each time (laughs) I go. So that's good. That's kind of like a good thing for anybody to do because you're going to necessarily order things that you wouldn't have ordered anyway. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, try something new. Why not? You might love it. So I I feel so bad because whenever Greg knows this, whenever I go to a place, I almost go out of my way 
to order something that sounds weird <laughs> because I right. feel like, well, this yeah. is probably unique to this place. But then if I don't like it and then I, uh, I, by association, I'm like, well, I'm not coming back to this place. I feel like, well, maybe everything else was good except what I got. I know it's really hard. And that is one thing too, about like, if you approach restaurant going from like a critic's point of view, learning the difference between I do not like this versus this is bad. Right. Like mm. I know what ingredients I don't like. I gotta like think beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't separate that. What I like is what everybody likes. That's, right. Of course. That's how of I course. go into things. <laughs> so I you used to be what the food editor for LA Weekly or correct? Yeah. Is that something you're allowed to talk about with everything that's happened to LA Weekly? Yeah, it's not like they had the wherewithal to make us sign NDAs or anything like that. They were like, be gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, also buy marijuana. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So please. <laughs> how How is that whole experience? That was really hard even before horrible people bought it. Um, <laughs> that they just... <laughs> it's it really frustrates me because LA Weekly obviously um it was started in the 70s so this was before the era of the idea that you should start a newspaper to make a shit ton of money which is what all the venture capitalists have done and yeah it's like every journalist in the world is like what what, what gave you that idea like no no one's ever gotten rich except Hearst one exception like yeah. stop thinking you're him <laughs> So that was a really hard place to be um, because it was so understaffed yeah. and I was so underpaid. They had my job listed as a 35 hour a week job and they were paying me 35K a year, which uh, is not livable no, in Los Angeles. So I had to have side jobs. So I was exhausted all the time. Um, just a horrible situation. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, though, it's not like when the new owners bought it, we were like, ooh, maybe it'll change. Because first of all, they were like, uh, these are the owners. Here's who they are. And we were like, oh, no. And then also <laughs> they just like fired us so quickly that there wasn't any time. We didn't meet any of them or anything like that. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Processing time is very small on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, it was just it was it was sad even. I mean, I know that I was there for like a relatively short time and also like at the tail end of the glory days, some would say the glory days were already long over. <laughs> Plus like just the fact that Jonathan Gold had worked there before and he hadn't been in my role, but he was still Jonathan Gold. So it was like, yeah. oh God, like this is where he made his name, I think more than the LA Times. And it was uh, just knowing, we also had to like meet quotas. So it was oh. like, just put any old shit up there, which was just so <laughs> defeating. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to review Ruffalo's pizza today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not even just like, it was all about metrics. So you know how easy it is to like find a video somewhere. <laughs> I kind of do this on how to eat LA too. Find a video and just be like, Whoa, look at this old video. And everyone's like, click, click, click. Like, it's such a cheat, but none of the executives cared. You know, yeah. well, because so. yeah, there was, and this is going to transition to talking about your website, but there was a time where LA Weekly was like, yeah, I would read it to like, oh, I should go to this place. I should, you know, this sounds like a good restaurant to eat because it's in LA Weekly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was eating marijuana nonstop <laughs> because know. they told me to. I know. <laughs> it's so hard. And I know like I was doing my best. I was also like, not aware of being mentally ill. And like after LA Weekly, I went to therapy and started getting medicated. And I was like, oh, life is so much easier. This. But that's like a me issue. And like Besha, who was the full-time food critic, she was doing a great job, but it's also... It's just, it was like the industry's terrible. Mm -hmm. yep. It's terrible. <laughs> but now your website, I'm mm -hmm. going to say, is filling the void. Tell us about your website now, please. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That is certainly uh, my goal, but it's kind of evolved even in like the very short time that I've been doing it. So mm. basically what happened is uh, the past few years I've been freelancing. I've been running a small media company. I've been doing Smart Mouth, which is food history. And I... Sometimes I get frustrated because I see that the like the people who do really well as independent food journalists, it's always like the cooking of the food. And I'm like, ah, that's not my like I want to know the history of the things <laughs> <laughs> and, and the why. And I just think that that's super niche. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I am understanding and accepting that what I do is super niche. I have a super dedicated audience that's not going to get huge. <laughs> and then I was like, just sort of, I don't know, reading the LA Times or something. And I was like, well, wait a minute, like. LA only has 
one full-time restaurant critic? That's stupid. This is like <laughs> such a big city and it is so specifically a food obsessed city. And it's Bill Addison at the LA Times, who I think is the only person who has that job title. And also there's not a lot of even independent food media that's like, this is a person who like has trained and is being really thoughtful and is old school. And I consider myself like the youngest of the old school journalists. So I like try and do things old school. So my thought was like, well, fuck, like, I'll be a restaurant critic too. Like no one's stopping me from being like, I'm a restaurant critic. Cause Bill is really good, but he can't do it all. He's just one person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is describing crime fighters in the big scary city. That's, and that's, that's what we are truly. We are so brave. Um, So yeah, like I thought that's what I would do. And I'm, I'm, I'm posting how to eat LA at least once a week, if not twice, but Mm -hmm. I can't move away from the history stuff. So that's why I keep doing these like, look at where Columbo went and like, look at this old commercial I found for like sushi again. What does it mean about sushi in Los Angeles? And the other thing about journalism too, is that uh, journalists all of a sudden were like, when our readership was available to us online, it's like our bosses were like, look how many clicks that story got, do that again. So I have access to that information too. I shouldn't. Cause I should just be doing what I set out to do, but I'm like, damn, the history people have found me again. And like, I want to write for them, but that's not what I meant to do. So long way of saying I'm, I'm working on it, but it's, I think it's evolving. Yeah. It's uh, tell me about these history lovers. They won't leave us alone. Uh, we're trying to get the Barney's beanery crowd to listen to this show, but we yeah. keep getting these history dorks listening. <laughs> It's a problem. <laughs> the, the map you've created on your website is is intense. And I think it's a wonderful thing you've done. And I, I'm kind of curious about how you started that and the kind of germ of that idea or, or if you thought you could tackle it all by yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, I uh, I know that they're like my eyes are bigger than my stomach. What is like my eyes are bigger than my brain or something? I, was like, <laughs> I, I can do it all. So I did. We do have a map on how to eat L.A., which so far is like points for all the restaurants that I have talked about. And by the way, I only talk about restaurants positively. So it's like if it's on the map, here's a place that you will enjoy. I think we're actually working on like a customized map. So we'll be able to like color code it by neighborhood, by uh, type of food, that sort of thing. But yeah, the map was just like kind of a concession to the way that modern food writing is done. I just said I was old school, but I also know that like eaters bread and butter is it's maps. Like people like maps. They want to look at points and click on them. So I was like, I can do that. So another work in progress, but I'm really glad we did it. And I do think that it'll be like when I have it all color coded and pretty exactly what I want, how I want, which is coming soon. I think that'll be like a real draw. Maybe that'll get some of the like food nerds as opposed to history nerds back (laughs) in. Food nerds and map nerds are the same nerds. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. It's the, it's the comedy and tragedy mask of, yes. of food people. Yeah. Maps. I, I mean, I, I admit that when I see those eater, eater LA or eater, whatever maps, I'm like, well, here I, I'm going to go clicking around this to get upset about, but I would, I would like an app that had your map on it, a map app. That would map be. App. Make it, make it so. I know you. I know you say this is a lot of work already, but turn no, it into. No, I. This is what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to have like a master map, and then I want to have people be able to enter their own notes into oh, yeah. it, just privately for themselves, so they can keep track of where they're what they're doing. People love that too. They love keeping yeah. track. Apparently, this can't be done. Apparently, I am a tech genius who is so forward thinking that like this hasn't even been invented yet. But that is what I want. Well, for a while, we were hoping to go to every donut place in Los Angeles County, and we gave on we gave up on that very quickly because it's impossible. Yeah. Do you think this is possible? Uh, yeah, it's possible. It'll take over your life. I'm also not sure that I think that's the best use of your time. <laughs> Only in that I don't know that donut recipes can be all that different. I agree. I, I, I That's kind of why we lost interest, I think, is because nine out of 10 were fine. And then, right. okay, eight out of 10 were fine. One was bad. One was a little bit better. Like, that's how it would go. That makes a lot of sense. We were grading a lot of them on like, oh, the dining area is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you could do that too. Like, donut shop 
vibes because you know they're like i once took like spanish lessons in a donut (laughs) shop yeah show off (laughs) (laughs) and there's also i know there's like old dudes like playing dominoes old ladies playing mahjong like you could do like what is the scene here treat it like like a new wave new wave third wave coffee shop oh yeah uh, you know it's no, like new wave i want this one is they're going to be playing new order all the time <laughs> i mean i yeah i would like yeah, that would like myself that. <laughs> which donut shop feels most like an edward hopper painting let's do that <laughs> god that would be good i would go there so fast if someone told me which donut shop that was um, there's yeah. no doors or yeah well no open windows at least you know sometimes you want to feel depressed you know yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah. well that's why you go to a donut shop at three in the morning <laughs> yeah yeah. You're guaranteed exactly. to feel depressed. <laughs> God, I remember one time getting so furious. I am a person who gets mad when people are wrong on the internet. And it's a real problem because I can't let it go. But I remember some interaction once where some guy was like, uh, noir was created in LA. Yeah, right. And I just wanted to burn everything down because I was like, you don't understand how depressed LA is. Like, get it together. The sunshine is a lie. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I we were we were actually in uh, we were on Rodeo Drive yesterday. Oh, I don't want to brag. I was I didn't go into any stores. I don't want to brag, but there was <laughs> I couldn't find parking and I left not to brag. Yeah, I was kicked out of every store because <laughs> I have holes in my shoes. Pretty woman style. Yeah, but but there's like a facade for like a Cartier store like on Rodeo Drive and we walked around the corner and it was literally just a pit of debris behind this <laughs> wall. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Look at this metaphor, tourists. Get yes. a load of this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Man, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about how LA is like so hard to visit. Because imagine, I think especially if you're from a foreign country and you're like, what to do in Los Angeles? And you know, every guide's going to be like, go to Beverly Hills. Go to Rodeo Drive, which I think is just about the least interesting Mm -hmm. place. When Mm -hmm. I think of Beverly Hills, I think doctor's offices. And we're sending all of our tourists there. Like, (laughs) Well, everyone wants their free health care that we have here in Los Angeles, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) What would you... Okay, so... I I was trying to figure out how to phrase this question, but how would... What is LA's food reputation, would you think? Because, like, I'm trying to think of, like... Because I, I, I can't even define what the reputation... Like New York, I don't mean like, oh, tacos, but like New York, you know, you can't avoid thinking about pizza. But when I think about New York food, I think a lot, like food everywhere. Right. And also like you can get it anytime, yeah. anywhere is sort of a reputation too of New York. Yeah. I, that's not true in LA. So yeah, we are definitely like an early to bed, early to rise city for sure. We are not trying to stay out late. I think I I imagine that I am surrounded by people who care about food or will at least pretend to, to like have conversations with me. Because I do think there's like two camps in the world. There are people who like, I mean, Jonathan Gold had, even if they don't know the name Jonathan Gold, he had such a big influence on teaching people like that LA is the best food city. And it, People, I think, are like understand that on a certain level. Like, uh, we've got food from like almost every country. It's great. There's people who know that the Chinese food in the San Gabriel Valley might actually be the best Chinese food in the <laughs> world. So there are people who are like, okay, like LA is a food city. I also know that there are still people who believe the stereotype that Angelinos do not eat, <laughs> which is so weird to me. I suppose maybe that could have been a thing in like, the 60s and 70s right. with starlets talking about grapefruit diets. But yeah. Woody Allen's bean sprout sandwich exactly. or alfalfa or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's just not not the case at all in Los Angeles. You guys yeah. know that. But like people here eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in troughs. Yeah. By the way, Greg, yeah. I was referencing Annie Hall. You gave me a weird look when I when I brought up Woody Allen's alfalfa sandwich. I thought he was a chef now. <laughs> yeah. He's a, no, yeah. You haven't been to Woody Allen's alfalfa sandwich shop. That because that's another thing. Like in Chicago, I feel like the reputation is oh, they eat huge meals all the time, right? But I don't know. Yeah, I, you know what? You're right. I feel like that is the reputation of LA like, oh, healthy kale, whatever. Yeah. Well, I do but remember not, it's true sometimes, but not. I, I remember, God, this must have been like 2009, so it's a while ago. It's a grocery store chain, I think it was called like Fresh and Easy. It was an yeah. Aldi offshoot. The like pre yeah. made stuff. Yeah. And 
The Guardian wrote an article about how embarrassing it was that this new British grocery chain had come to L.A. and was misunderstanding the market because their opening deal was like a lasagna, a bagged salad and uh, garlic bread. Like that was their deal. And it was like, uh, like any Angelina would ever eat that. And I was like, what are you talking about? That is a regular ass dinner that anyone would eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The writer of that got some pushback. So that's why I know that there's like some who know and some who don't know. But, you know, I'm such an LA cheerleader. I just have to say that even the like alfalfa sandwich that they make fun of in Annie Hall that restaurant was a real restaurant. It was called The Source and it was opened and run by a cult. And there's yeah. a lot of overlap between LA's food scene and all the very many cults that have started here. So like everything, all our food is interesting. <laughs> I know. We, we we covered them in an episode a while back. And when we got, when I, when I got to the point of like, this is the Annie Hall restaurant. <laughs> it was so, and now it's, it's a, pink taco or Cabo Wabo or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, this city's so interesting, just not in a way that like is immediately apparent, is yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I think I think I, I feel like the whole, you know, drinking juices and s s those mushrooms that make you really smart sprinkled on kale is your <laughs> lunch. Like I feel like that sort of stereotype or reputation is the same of people saying you know, the people who put down LA of like, everyone's vapid, everyone's yeah. this. Absolutely. I feel like that's the yeah. same sort of misconception. It's the same yeah. arm of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you go to Erewhon and people who like follow celebrity news know what Erewhon is, it's like <laughs> the grocery store for getting your, your smoothies and your juices. But yeah. if you actually look at what people are buying there, everyone's lined up at the deli counter buying like breakfast burritos and pizza. Yeah. So Yeah. I was, you know, that, that almost, no, I guess people do this everywhere, but I feel like a lot of like the, the hot bar at an Erewhon or a Whole Foods or even Ralph's or something, I feel like is something people eat a lot in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know if it's, uh, it's gotta be less than New York. Cause like the thing is New Yorkers like don't have kitchens. Like right. kitchens are hard to come by. I think we cook more in LA, but I think it's, yeah. I, the Erewhon, uh, the one in Silver Lake is the only one I've been to. It cracks me up cause they have the most beautiful produce section I've ever seen in oh, my yeah. entire life. Not a fruit out of place. And I think it's cause <laughs> no one actually buys no one, any of no them since 1998. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's just rotten fruit everywhere. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's artistic. It's beautiful. Don't touch it is the vibe yeah. that I get. <laughs> yeah. I, I love going to Erewhon. Like I've never bought anything at an Erewhon, but I love going in there cause it's so it's, it is, it's like a museum. Like it, yeah. it's like a rich people museum. It's yeah. so weird who you see in there and what people are like. Why would you buy this? Uh, yeah, I lied. I have been to the one by the Grove because I bought camel milk there. Oh, once. camel milk. So that was neat. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not great, um, but they have it. I didn't even know you could. I mean, this is this is uh, meet the parents all over again. But I didn't <laughs> know you could milk a camel, I guess. Well, they're mammals. I guess. <laughs> Was it good? Was it sour mm. or? It was like, you know, that Barney taste oh. that you can get. Barney, from like, the dinosaur? You can no milk dear. him too? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like a barn. Like you can, oh, okay. you really get the <laughs> desert, <Barney. laughs> like the hay. Right, the taste in of there. the desert. Yeah. Uh, it's, they don't produce a lot of milk, which is why it's not like one of the world's milking animals. It was, right. and it was a, I think it was like a pint that costs 26 bucks, which now is like what everything costs. But this was like 10 years ago. So. Did you lose a bet? <laughs> no, I was uh, doing a segment on alternative milks. Oh, okay. What is yeah. the best milk? Camels are famously stingy with their liquids. <laughs> they are. They don't want you to have it. They're no. like, you have gotten enough from us. Get off. <laughs> the best milk? The, be it's the uh, best milk. Dude, I'm actually like I got to know. I laugh about the how ridiculous this question is. I also really want to know. <laughs> no, okay. I'm working on an episode about this cuz this is a topic that fascinates me, but I would say and I don't know what kind of caveat to put before this. Please just keep listening as I say it. Don't turn <laughs> off your radio, your podcast immediately, but it's raw cow's milk. I'm not telling people to drink raw milk because the right. idea of influencing anyone towards that scares me, even though there are so many influencers on TikTok who clearly are getting paid, but <sighs> don't disclose cows. it. No, they like I. So I've been researching this for personal and professional reasons, and 
all these um like the it's kind of like the raw meat guys and then also oh. like the trad wife homesteader lady <laughs> types yeah. they'll always be like raw milk is so healthy and then they will go through the exact same bullet points in the exact same order <laughs> so that's why i know for a fact even though they're not disclosing it that they are doing paid advertising huh. all You're that to say now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm Columbo. i'm food Columbo. Um, <laughs> uh, just one more thing um, yeah exactly <laughs> it does taste really good I act like it's what we drink in my household, but that's because my boyfriend has this weird allergy where he can't have pasteurized dairy products. I thought you were so going to say is a cow. <laughs> he is like it's LA as we've discussed. We can do what we want. Um, <laughs> no, it is good. It's illegal in a lot of states to have. Maybe that's like what makes it taste good. <laughs> the crime <laughs> felony. Ooh. Is yeah. it legal? That's what I was going to ask. I, is it legal in California? It is. the You cannot, so all throughout the United States, you cannot take raw dairy across state lines unless it is to take to a pasteurizing plant. So you can't take it for retail sales across state lines. In California, it is completely legal. There's different laws in different states. In some states, you can only sell it as pet food. So anyone who wants raw dairy has to go to a pet store and oh, buy their dairy God. products there. And there's like kittens and puppies on the labels. They're like, hey, oh, this God. is just for pets. And everyone knows that's not true. And you're holding like a box of Captain Crunch. As you <laughs> exactly. <walk>. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, it is huh. legal. I, I had an opportunity in another country to try. They had a raw milk vending machine. Mm. And I was like, where else am I going to get raw milk? But I was too scared to What to country try was it. it? It was in Slovenia. Because I, I figured especially like a vending, like it's already kind of, I'm scared because of whatever risk there is with raw milk. And now it's a vending machine giving it I to I was going to say, yeah, it's the vending machine part of it that makes yeah. me nervous. Because they got to be cleaning that thing three times a day for me to feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. They're with not. That. They, no way they were. Really? <laughs> was it like a button, like... When you go to a fountain drink at a fast food place, yeah. like Sprite, you combine it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it tastes like bubble gum. I got Mr. Pib and raw milk. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so now I want to ask specific, even more specific food questions. What do you think that the best restaurant in LA is? Man, don't ask me that. I, know. <laughs> I, I knew it was hard, but wait till I get to the next one, which I don't even have to answer. Yeah. <laughs> There is no best restaurant in Los Angeles. We could do like traditional metrics and just say, let me change it to what your favorite is. Maybe. Okay. My favorite. Uh, even then I'm like, well, <laughs> depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I, there's a couple dim sum restaurants. I really like Lunasia and Longo in the San Gabriel Valley because oh. I love the dim sum experience and the food. When it comes to pizza, my two favorites are DeSano in East Hollywood and Prime, which has like six locations. Prime, oh, I've good. only ever gotten delivery, I think. So that's like just a taste thing. It's not an experience thing. I, you know, the, the what I'm about to say, like the, the chef and then like the co-owner, the chef has been little bit canceled the co-owner was like entirely canceled um but <laughs> turns out everyone is cancel worthy so i don't know what to do about that at this yeah. point well, um, then don't go to woody allen's alfalfa yeah don't go there i would say don't go there um i really like i think pizzeria moza is a really great encapsulation huh. of los angeles the food is good the pizza is like kind of traditional but also they put their own speed on it the food is good the food is really good and it still is which is surprising because it's been open for like 15 years i think you will see a celebrity there right. anytime you go there to eat so that's always fun for everybody uh yeah. the music is too loud which is annoying but it's like yep this is what we do <laughs> we, can't, we can't turn it down yeah we, don't we, can't. Forgot. we yeah. can't yeah and the service is like very angelina where it's like so informal you don't you don't know if it's good service or not. Right. <laughs> they sit down next to you to take your order and you're exactly. like, oh, do you live here now? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that's among my favorites. Um okay. having said that, like Nancy Silverton says unshill things sometimes and Mari Batali is bleh, right. not cool. But again, what chef is these <laughs> so <laughs> But see, I so I've been to Pizzeria Mozza. Mm -hmm. And while I didn't like it that much, I recognize that if there is a quote unquote Los Angeles pizza, that's what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's like, it's kind of Italian, but it's kind of its own thing. And they're not, yeah. it's not like they're confused, which right. a lot of pizza places, like every pizza place is like, it's Neapolitan. I'm like, well, yeah. it's not, but whatever. <laughs> but like Mozza knows what they're doing. They know the ways in which they've like made the dough and the toppings different. So, right. um, and uh, Osteria Mozza right next door is like, I think a lot of people might say that's a better restaurant because it's upscale, but like, no, not in LA terms. Like a <laughs> fancy restaurant is a different thing. Right. Have you had uh masa pizza? I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do, you, uh, what do you think about that? Well, they're famous for their deep dish, which is just real overwhelming to me. <laughs> so. Yeah. See, I, I maintain that they are, might be my favorite pizza place in Los Angeles. And I mm-hmm. am by no means like, you only, I only eat deep dish pizza, but like, I, fe- I feel like they are the best just pizza I've had in LA. Yeah. And I, there's, there's pretty good pizza these days. That there definitely I, is. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too, that's a little bit has always been a question for me about like being a restaurant critic because I firmly believe that everyone has their own taste buds. So that's maybe why I like kind of want to tell you about like the history of this restaurant or this place or like why sushi is like integral to LA. It's like, well, cause you're going to taste something and you're going to like it or not. Like I can't change your mind about that. Right. So. Yeah. There's some places that I do not understand what people like about them. And okay. I have to, I have to come to terms with, well, they like different food, but I, I'm not going to come to terms with that. But it just like some people just rave about a place and I don't get it. Like what? There, there's I'm thinking, of. well, I guess now we'll we'll call out names. But there's this Mexican place in the valley called La Fogada that Greg, we've eaten there together, I think. It's, cross uh, it's, it's right near the old Corky's or maybe the oh, only Corky's. Right. It's, it's on Van Nuys and magnolia or something but right. i've tried it like three times really wanting to like it because other people whose opinions i respect are like this is my favorite mexican place and it's so bad is it old uh it, it's not real. it's an order at the counter place it's kind of old but mm-hmm. it's not like you know it's it's not like casa vega which is also bad <laughs> but that's what i was gonna say the food is not the point at casa vega yeah. <laughs> i think we yeah. all know that um yeah i was just gonna say i asked i've never heard of this place i asked if it was old because like nostalgia is you yeah know, you yeah. can't say anything about nostalgia so <laughs> it, it, it's old but i don't it's i don't think it's a place where people were like my grandmama used to take me to right. la fogata <laughs> like it, i think it's probably been there for 60 years but like i don't i don't get it it doesn't make sense to me these things happen <laughs> Tell me why. Um, <laughs> so now the even harder question, which you don't have to answer this because you're a professional. I don't even I don't even know if I want to ask it, but are there are there any places, maybe you don't have to give names that you think were just like, this is awful. Like, why do people like this? Or are you more forgiving than I am? <laughs> I think I'm certainly not a forgiving person. I want to be clear about that. I am mean. I am tough. Like I no nonsense but <laughs> I think because like writing about food has been like my life's calling apparently I do look at like the full context like if there's places like uh, shoot of course I'm forgetting the name of it Casa Vega no Wafogata uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so the, the Ivy the Ivy that's okay. what I meant and even like the grill off the alley I think it's called which I think has multiple locations maybe around the country but there are certain places that it's like no, the food is not good, and it also costs a million dollars. It's so confusing. However, I get that it is a business meeting place, like where you know every item on the menu, like you know what it is. You're not going to embarrass yourself by ordering something right. and being like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. It's sceny, and like a lot of people's business life is based on like seeing and being seen. So right. it's like, I don't need to go to the Ivy. And another thing where like, tourists go there and like yeah maybe you will see a celebrity but honestly it's mostly gonna be agents and producers who are richer than you can even conceive of if you don't know their names <laughs> they live in hancock park yeah. like, do you know what that means yeah. <laughs> yeah so i don't know there's like usually something about a place that i understand why it's held in esteem. It, I was actually being, being in Beverly Hills yesterday. I don't want to brag, but I was in wow. Beverly Hills yesterday again, but where the hillbillies live. <laughs> yeah. There's oil everywhere. It got me thinking about like 
these people who go to these restaurants where it's like $500 a person for lunch and they like make a point to go there. Like, do these people even like food or do they just like spending money? I don't think so. Um, I secondhand, I'm going to keep it real vague. Uh, (laughs) I secondhand heard a story about some people who used to work together in a very lucrative industry and they all happened to be in LA at the same time. So they decided to go to dinner and they went to Giorgio Baldi, which I think is in Brentwood. I just, most places like that, I'm like, it must be Brentwood. I don't right. know what I'm talking about. But Brentwood to me is like a certain kind of place. Yeah. Um, and they spent like $500 a person on like an extremely mediocre meal. But I don't think that they noticed it was mediocre right. because the thing is you are at Giorgio Baldi and you're there the same night that Timothy Chalamet is there. Like mm. doesn't get any better than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah this, I eat celebrity appearances. Yeah. 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 I, it's, it's what like sustains you. <laughs> you paid to get a, a picture with Timothy Chalamet way in the background. Is what you right. Paid for. The fact that there's restaurants whose names I don't even know that they're so exclusive and expensive that I don't even know what these words are is yeah. crazy. Yeah, you say that, but yeah, they're so expensive and exclusive, and that's why you don't know. I'm guessing you also are not a regular reader of Us Weekly, and I don't mean that in a judgmental way. How people dare who read you? Us Weekly. It's just like <laughs> though readers of Us Weekly know what Giorgio Baldi is because it's okay. where all the pap shots are taken. All you know right. what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I've seen <laughs> Timothy Chalamet at La Fogata a few times. <laughs> And for so much cheaper. <laughs> yeah. he, he ordered $500 worth of food at La Fogata. Okay, so so when this episode comes out, and even now that we're recording it, Thanksgiving is coming. Mm-hmm. What would you say is a good place for people if they want to go out for Thanksgiving or near Thanksgiving? Because I know, Greg, you have an opinion on this. I do. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe not. Is it my Clifton's <laughs> opinion? <laughs> yes, it is your Clifton's okay. opinion. Well, you've heard the opinion. So now what's your opinion, <laughs> Catherine? I, I like don't would be my don't go out on Thanksgiving. But if you're really sad like Greg, <laughs> <laughs> what do you recommend? Well, I mean, in that case, like Clifton's is closed right now. But yeah. a place like Clifton's is perfect. If you're going to be sad on a holiday, fucking lean into it. I once yeah. spent a Christmas at uh, the drawing room. You guys know oh, the drawing yes, room? I do know the drawing room. I was like, you know what? You got to go. You got to go hard. You're going to be like weird and alone on Christmas. Go to the worst dive bar in Los Angeles. Yeah. Sure enough, it was packed. Everyone was miserable. At midnight, someone brought a ham. Like I was like, this is the best experience I could have imagined. Those are lyrics from a Tom Waits song. Yeah. (laughs) They just threw it into the crowd and everyone. Basically. (laughs) This will make me happy. Yeah. uh, one time, Greg, I don't remember when we did this, but didn't we went to the Tallyrand once in Burbank and got Thanksgiving dinners. It was not on Thanksgiving, oh, but it was right. near Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. I don't remember what we were doing either. Being Maybe sad somewhere I, together. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't go on the holiday, like for instance, I love going to Tamashanter between Thanksgiving and Christmas because they oh, put up all the, oh, right, like, right. it's like a East Coast Christmas, a British Christmas. You know? like, we don't get a lot of that in yeah. LA. And that's also another great thing about LA. There are 100 year old restaurants that you can yeah. still go to. It's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, I'm generally speaking anti- dining out on holidays like pro tip do not go to a restaurant on valentine's day are you fucking kidding don't do that no you're ruining everyone's life and also don't buy flowers for anybody (laughs) no cards no gifts (laughs) come on turn your phone off just relax be in the moment yeah be really cold and standoffish Valentine's Day is the meanest holiday. It's just cruel. I hate it so much. So, okay. So I want to know what your favorite local specialty of Los Angeles is. And to get the ball rolling, I kind of want to say lately, I mean, I'm discounting tacos because that's, you know. Shoot, that's what I was going to say. Okay. You can have tacos. But (laughs) I'm starting to think that maybe the Orange Bang, which was created here, is like one of the best locals, which they're, you know, drink half of one and you don't need one for a year. But they're, (laughs) they're pretty good and unique, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I I do love our tacos. And, you know, people come from other parts of the United States and eat from a taco truck here. And they're like, why are they so tiny? It's like, no, that's how they're supposed to be. You don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> the big ones are weird. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I do like that we have that. I like that, yeah. like, mm, it's so easy to get good food here. Like the taco trucks, not all of them, but there are some taco trucks that are like, are you kidding me? This costs $2 and it's like the best thing yeah. I've had in yeah. six months. Like, so I think we're really lucky to have that we are like that is our pizza in new york sort of thing because there's so like there uh there's this stretch on oh god i don't it's in like pacoima but there's just like a giant block that has like 12 different taco stands on it and they're all right like shoulder to shoulder and all selling out of their meat every single night yeah yeah, it's, great. it's so cool. And sometimes like there will be a churro stand yeah, next yeah. to them and they like extrude to order. And it's like, yes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> better than Disneyland. <laughs> and that says it on the sign and it yeah. sounds delicious. <laughs> I mostly go to talk like what I look for in taco stands is the salsa. Like I'm always on the oh, hunt yeah. for the best salsas. And when they don't have one self-service salsa and two if the salsa is watered down which a lot of places are kind of doing right now because of money or whatever yeah that's so disappointing to me i've seen you throw a fit before at leo's tacos because of the salsa stand you were like i don't even want to eat it anymore you were mad (laughs) what do i do with this thing (laughs) those salsas don't joke around though i sometimes go salsa less because they are so spicy (laughs) yeah some of them i i've learned to avoid any habanero salsa if i have work the next morning because there's something (laughs) about the skin of a habanero. like i can handle like salsas that are hotter of different chilies but for whatever reason the skin of a habanero is like that that my my week is over (laughs) no at least you know that yeah but i still do try it (laughs) yeah there's also lots i mean tacos included i suppose but there's lots of things that la is really good at that technically like aren't American, which mm. like American, what the fuck does that even mean? Like true, uh, but like whoa, whoa, let's not yeah. go putting down America here. Uh, his American flag drops behind yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you see my backdrop? <laughs> um, but like Korean barbecue. Oh yeah. Like obviously oh. started in Korea, but um, so many Korean people came to the U.S. that a lot of the elements of Korean barbecue are from L.A. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like, go cool. us. I like that. <laughs> Koreatown is worse parking in the city, but so such an exciting part yeah. of town, food-wise and just like people out doing stuff. I yeah. really feel like it's the only part of Los Angeles that feels like a city city. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. <laughs> See, but that's that goes back to the New York thing. It's cut. It's because you know, like, there's old buildings around, but there's also just people out at night and so much food everywhere. That's mm-hmm. why yeah. it feels like a, a city to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you're walking around, you're like, oh, RFK got shot here, and then you just keep yeah. eating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how we got Korean barbecue. (laughs) Someone asked us this once, but I'm going to ask you, what do you think is like a food thing that LA is known for that most people aren't aware of that are visiting? Uh, Like for, for what I came up with when we were asked that is the like little charbroiled burger places that are all around, like especially in like the South Bay. And that's not really like people don't come to LA like I'm going to go to Tom's number eight. (laughs) But that's such like there's such a big culture of that here. Yeah. 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 And once again, I feel like context is everything because I can I feel like there'd be a lot of people who would come and go to one of these dingy burger places and being like, I don't get what the big deal is. And I'd be like, leave leave California <laughs> right now. How dare you? But it's just like they're so interesting. I remember the driving around L.A. before I moved here, just like trying to figure out the city and being like all these fast food, like independent fast food places say burgers, tacos, pastrami. What is that combination? Uh, yeah. And then you like read about the history of Boyle Heights and you're like, yeah. oh my God, this is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so much that's cool. And then also I think this is a toughie because there's really good Armenian food in Los mm. Angeles, but hardly any of those restaurants are called Armenian. And yeah. there's all kinds of horrible reasons for that. So like, again, like to understand what you're eating, you have to like, know, no, no. 
the Armenian, like Lebanese food scene, you don't have to know anything to know that it's delicious. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I feel like it like kind of gives you a full picture when you understand why there's all these Armenian and like Georgian dishes on Lebanese menus. So Yeah, there there's a lot of even like little I love it little Ethiopia so much, but like I don't know how many tourists are going to visit little Ethiopia when they come to Los Angeles. Yeah. And this is God, so I live in Silver Lake right by Sunset Junction. And I, this sounds like I'm making some sort of joke when I say this, but I swear to God, weekends are full of French people here. It is <laughs> wild. You just walk down the street and you hear more French than anything else. And oh. this has been going on for years. And I've always just been like, which French influencer right. or maybe even like French lonely planet is right. like telling the entire country that Silver Lake is the place to be. <laughs> I live here and I like appreciate like what it has to offer. But at the same time, I'm like, no, no, I don't want you to be going to the Silver Lake farmer's market and being like, oh, I went to one of LA's farmer's markets. No, get like, you're not in Pasadena, Hollywood or Santa Monica, get lost. You're getting like the worst of LA. And that bums me out because I don't think people outside of LA are presenting LA as an interesting place. Yeah, that this brings up another point that bothers me sometimes is that to bring it to bring it back to the valley, so many food like um, L.A. magazine and that sort of stuff like they refuse to go to the valley. And then one person goes to one restaurant in the valley and is like, this is the best restaurant in Los Angeles. And then everyone goes to this one restaurant. That's just okay, But that's the only restaurant that this person with influence tried in the valley and that always makes me so angry to like these small places that like this is way better it's so tough like La Fogata. So tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that like i am trying really hard to get like a good geographic spread on how mm-hmm. to eat la but so one thing is that like it just is hard to drive an hour yeah <laughs> like it is i'm Drive an hour and then an hour back in the hopes that like this rib I heard about is like <laughs> as good as people said it is and and I'm going to be able to write about it. Right. You know? Or because I try and find places that aren't written about, I'm like, well, I I just like saw this when I drove past one day. So I'm going yeah. back again, like fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such a bummer. That might honestly be like the extremely mundane reason why places and like the edges of the county don't get covered as much yeah Yeah. i'm complaining about this but at the same time i'm sure people in claremont or whatever are when i'm like this one place in claremont is the best place i'm not you know because i'm driving to claremont once a year (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's tough and then there are some places too that don't have the concentration of good restaurants that other areas have Yeah, Um, yeah they don't have that walking traffic yeah yeah. And sometimes it's also like the whole like South LA, all the issues there and people right. don't open restaurants there as frequently as they do in other areas. Yeah. Um, so they kind of are few and far between, which is so unfair because real estate and all that kind of stuff is all about perception, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. And this goes back to what you were saying, why it's so hard to tell people to visit LA because everything's so f- spread out that when you tell someone to visit, like uh, kind of just stay in San Gabriel Valley. Like if you stay in that, you'll have a good time or stay in the Valley, but just stay like, if you try to do too much, that's too far s- spread out. You're going to have an awful time. Cause you're just going to spend your time in traffic. Okay. Yeah. I was on the subway once and some tourists were like, how do we get to the farmer's market? And I was like, okay, (laughs) first of all, like, well, (laughs) we're going to like, I need to have a full conversation with you before I can answer that because like, okay, basically, what do you mean by farmer's market? Because that's like, I think I, you mean the one at third and Fairfax, but what if you don't? And I don't want to lead you astray. (laughs) There's a farmer's market and the farmer's market. Which one are you going to? Yes. Yes. You got to be real clear. And if they're foreign, they might not know the difference between ah and the. So (laughs) it's hard to recommend things to people in Los Angeles at all. Cause people ask us a lot, like, what should I do with this? But like, it, it really does depend so much on what the hell you're looking for out of this city. I don't know what to say to people when they're like, what's a good place to go? I'm like, well, it's an extremely spread out place with yeah. like at least 8 million 
people in it do you have a car like it's just <laughs> yeah. no you have to give me so much information yeah, yeah. question you gotta go to Giorgio Borgio or whatever <laughs> Giorgio Borgi <laughs> everyone goes to Giorgio Borgi <laughs> <laughs> just keep circling Brentwood and you'll find it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I mean this these are the only last couple things I have to ask but just to ask you about your podcast Smart Mouth and just where everybody can find everything that you do I can't decide if I should list everything or just like one thing because it's overwhelming. So assuming that your audience is mostly Angelinos, I'm going to say go to- Or obsessed with Los Angeles. Right, right. Either way, either way. Howtoeatla.com. It's a website, but I send everything out over email. So it's like a newsletter too. And you can sign up and there's different tiers, including free. I also do- some of my stuff on TikTok as well. And I'm just on TikTok and Instagram at Catherine Spires. Look at the show notes to see how to spell my last name because no one spells it right. <laughs> it's so. not what you think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so howtoeatla.com and then Catherine Spires on social media. All right. Do you have any more questions, Greg? Because I'm all tapped out on my also, sprawling list. I'm also tapped out. <laughs> uh, but if you're if you're driving and you can't sit and read her wonderful blog, you could listen to Miss Spire's podcast as well. Yes, yes. So there, it's Smart Mouth and it's food history and it's not LA specific. Um, but each episode, I usually have a guest and it's like a deep dive on the history of one particular dish or food item. I like doing it. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for uh, joining us on this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to that app of where I should eat at all. And every single place in the Valley will be on yep. there, of course. <laughs> yep. I am looking forward to it as well. <laughs> <laughs>